praise. Amen. Amen. What a privilege it is to be a Christian. Amen. I'm so glad that God's not just a God of Sunday morning, ain't you? Amen. I'm glad he's a God of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He's an on-time God. Amen. Amen. And even when we think he's late, he's still right on time. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, you know, his ways, we, we just can't figure out with our minds, and I think he likes it that way. I, I don't think he wants us to understand him with our minds. I think he wants us to believe him with our hearts. Amen. And, oh, I'm so glad I got two sets of eyes. Amen. These old natural eyes in my head, they don't see so good anymore, but I'm glad I got another set in my heart. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. The, the eyes in my heart, they don't see trials. They don't see troubles. They don't see difficulties. As Brother Tracy says, they just see God, honey. That's all. Amen. They just see God. Aren't you glad for that today? They, amen. You know, I'm glad that we're not like the world. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm glad we're like him. Amen. Because God produces kind after his kind. Amen. Praise the Lord. Do you love him this morning? We're just so grateful for the presence of the Lord last night and the testimonies of people that were healed in the service. And that's just the way God does it, friends. He, he's just a wonderful, wonderful God. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with us to the book of 2 Peter. We want to read from 2 Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Verse 1 and 2. And then we want to read from Philippians 4 and 8. Amen. Now, I, I don't know who this is for this morning, but I studied and studied and studied a message and was up at 1.30 this morning studying the message, and then the Lord changed it this morning, so I don't know who this is for. Maybe it's just for me, but I'll, I'll receive it. Amen. So if this is for you this morning, believe that he cares you enough to change a man's subject just to speak to you this morning. That's just the kind of God we serve. Amen. Second Peter 3, 1. The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandments of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior. Now, Philippians 4, 8. <clears throat> Philippians 4, 8. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Excuse me. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. Amen. Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thy word is true. 
May you come today, Lord, and stir up our minds, to stir up our remembrance, Lord, to stir up our hearts, dear God, of the things that you've already given to us, Lord. It's not something that we're going to achieve one day, Lord. It's not something that one day we're going to possess. But the things that we look at this morning, Father, may we understand that we already possess them, Lord. And Father God, if you gave them to us, you didn't give them to us, Lord, to put up on a shelf somewhere. I don't believe you gave them to us, Lord, to put in a safety deposit box. But I believe, Lord, you gave us these things that we may use them against our enemy. And, oh, God, I pray today, Lord, may we take our war chest that's been given to us, Father, and declare war upon the enemy today. In the name of Jesus, Satan, you're defeated this morning. You're nothing but a bluff. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God today. Father, may the sick be healed. May the lost be found. May the discouraged be encouraged. And when we leave the building today, may there be a shout in our hearts because the King is in the camp. Grant it today, Lord, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. And the bride said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. You know, I, I'm, uh, I, I like to uh, do a little metal detecting. And, you know, my wife told me one time, you know, that's for old people. Well, I guess I've, I certainly qualify for that. Amen. But, I, you know, I got a little Garrett 250 metal detector, and I just love to go out and find coins and rings and, because there's just something about finding a treasure in the earth. It strikes all of our attention when you see an article where somebody bought something at a flea market that it turns out to be worth a million dollars. And you think, oh my, they bought it for a dollar and it's worth a million prospectors. You know, I, I like to walk on the beach and look for shark's teeth. And I, just, just the way I am, you know. And So I'm a prospector. And here the other day I went out and I went into a schoolyard with that old metal detector of mine. And I, I hit what, we, what they call a coin dump. Somebody had lost a whole pocket full of coins. And I was pulling out a quarter. Thank you, Jesus. I pulled out a thank you, Jesus. Then I pulled out and I said, well, thank you, Jesus. Pulled out a dollar. Oh, it was wonderful. Because I like to prospect. And in that thought, the prophet of God said, isn't that beautiful? I just love his word. These old nuggets. He said, I'm a prospector. Yeah. I like to dig down and get the nuggets and polish them up and hang them out there. And every one of you can find, every one that you find will point you to Calvary. Amen. He said, oh, this Bible is full of them. Gracious old nuggets. I like to just prospect, don't you? Just go in there and shake all the dust off of it and look at it and see what it is. And how the jewels, you people know here in Arizona, that the great jewels come from the dust of the earth. That's where they come from. And God's jewels are brought up from the dust too. Amen. And we're so happy that he gives us the privilege of going into his great refinery and all the dross is taken out of us. What's God doing? God is a great jewel collector. Amen. And he looked into the dust of humanity. And what did he see when he looked at you? He didn't see dust. He didn't see mistakes. He saw a diamond in the rough. Amen. So he brought us through the process of his word and put us in his collection. Oh God, the great prospector. Amen. Oh, he said, you know, I bought, if I bought a home and if it was mine, I'd go through the thing and see what I had. He said, I'm kind of a prospector. I like to dig around and find what I've got. I'm an heir of salvation. Amen. 
I'm an heir of salvation. I'm an heir to divine healing. I'm an heir of heaven. I'm an heir to earth. I'm an heir, a joint heir with Christ in all things. Then I like to look through his book and prospect and see what I am an heir to. Amen. And I want to do that this morning just for a few minutes. If God will permit us, and I believe if we can look into the word just for a few minutes, we'll find some golden nuggets that we can just shout the praises to God. Because when you realize these things are not something that we're going to get one day, but we actually already possess them. Amen. The things we're going to look at this morning is things we already possess. Amen. You see, my desire is to come and stir up your minds, to come and encourage you, to come and tell you that if you are in Christ. Anybody here like that this morning? If you are in Christ, you are not defeated. Now that's a good nugget this morning. I said if we are in Christ, well, Brother Dale, I'm having a hard time. That don't matter. Well, I'm sick. That don't matter. If we are in Christ... Hallelujah. We are undefeated. The devil can never defeat you. He may bluff. He may howl. He may blow. But he will never stop you. Oh, God. That ought to make a Baptist shout. Amen. But many people, they don't, they don't get into that. They, they can't amen that. Oh, they might raise their hand. But it's because they're letting the devil lie to them. They're letting the devil lie to them and to make them believe that they're living a defeated life. But if you are in Christ, listen to me this morning. There's only one defeated being in this building. And that's Satan. Amen. Satan doesn't have one legal right to nothing. I said Satan, come on brother, Satan don't have one legal right to nothing. He is only a bluff. He tries to eat, but he ain't got no teeth. He ain't nothing but a bluff. He was stripped of everything he had at Calvary. When Jesus Christ died to take the sinner's place and died at Calvary, Satan has no legal rights over nothing no more hallelujah I said hallelujah but everything everything how much everything lays in the hands of the church and the believer everything that Satan doesn't have you do have Satan's lost he's nothing but a bluff even death itself. It's a bee, but it hasn't got a stinger. Death has lost its stinger to the believer. It's like the man out in Arizona found a rattlesnake in his garage and he killed it, cut the head off, threw it out in the yard. You know how snakes are, they'll do like that until the sun goes down. The old timer said that. And so his little boy, about six years old, eating a popsicle, he came out of the house and he saw the snake. He said, Daddy, there's a snake out here in the yard. They said, Don't worry, son, he's dead. 
He said, Daddy, this must be a different snake. This one's moving. No, son, it's the same snake. I cut his head off. He's dead. His body's over there. His head's over there. He's dead. Boy looked at that snake. He said, well, he don't know it. You need to remind the devil. You dead man. Why do you have to listen to him? It's time he listens to us. You need to tell the devil you're dead. You have no power over me. You don't control me. Death can point to the end of the road, but I can point to a resurrection. Amen. Jesus paid the price. He called us by grace and we're heirs. What a perfect setup. Satan's already defeated him. Satan's already defeated. But you know what? I didn't defeat him. Neither did you. Our big brother did. Oh, God. I never defeated him. You never defeated him. But Christ defeated him. John 16, 33 said, these things I've spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So what am I doing this morning? I'm just claiming my God-given privileges. That's all you do. You just tell Satan, get away from me. I've got an abstract deed on this building. It's mine. So Satan, amen, he wants us sometimes. He tries to push it on our minds. And sometimes we listen to that. And so we'll pray like we're defeated. We'll talk like we're defeated. Well, it's getting quieter and quieter. Because a lot of times we let Satan paint this picture that convinces us that's who we are. One time this artist found a beggar on the street and he said, sir, may I paint you? He said, sure. So he painted him. You know, when he got done painting the portrait, he gave the man some money. And the beggar said, hey, wait a minute. Can I see the picture? If you painted me, can I see what you painted? He said, oh, sure. And he turned it around in the picture was this fine looking young man, big old square jaw, straight back shoulders, well dressed. And the beggar looked at that picture and he looked at his clothes and he felt the beard on his face. And he said, who is that? Who is that? And that man said, it's you. The beggar said, me? That's me. And the man said, the artist said, the creator said, that's the way I see you. Oh, hallelujah. And the beggar said, if that's the way you see me, if that's the man you see, that's the man I'll be. Amen. 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 What are you doing this morning? I'm showing your children. I'm showing God's children your jewels. The precious jewels, the precious gems, the precious promises of his word that belongs to you. You see, a prospector will work his tools a thousand times in the muck and in the dirt. What's he looking for, the prophet said? He's looking for pay dust. He's looking for gold. He's looking for rubies. 
You reach into the dust of the earth a thousand times looking for that one. Don't you see, my brother, my sister, I never come looking for God. God came looking for me. I wasn't looking for Elijah. Elijah came looking for me. Behold, I send you, Elijah the prophet. God, reach into the manatee a thousand times, finding you, looking for that ruby, looking for that diamond. Amen. So have you noticed a lily when it comes out of the bottom of the slimy pit of a pond, it toils day and night to get itself to the light. But when it once gets to the light, it blooms out the most beautiful flower there is anywhere. That's what a lily is. It comes up from the dirt of the earth and the filth. And that's where the jewels are found, wrapped out here in this gold state of this nation. Where you find gold is down in the dirt. When you find rubies and jewels is in the muck dirt. Just exactly right. That's where we all come from. The muck and the dirt from the world. But the prospector, oh God, the prospector, he doesn't see the muck. He doesn't see the dirt. He just sees the jewel. Amen. We see ourselves defeated. We see ourselves in the muck. We see ourselves in the dirt. But if we can only see ourselves the way God sees us. You see, when God looks at you, he looks through the blood of the sacrificial lamb. Hallelujah. And when he looks at you, you're red, your life crimson with sin. And he takes the crimson blood of the Lord Jesus and red on red. As he looks through red on red, it becomes white. Amen. Amen. We are not defeated. Do you believe that? Then we should act like it. The Bible says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Praise God. That's a good scripture if you believe it. If you don't believe it, it's just another scripture. But let the Spirit of God that wrote it, let that quicken to your heart and you'll realize. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Then there's nothing in the world can overcome what's in me. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through Christ Jesus. I'm victorious today because he's victorious. If we can only realize this morning just how much God cares for you. That's another trick of the devil, is to try to get us to believe that God don't care for you. If God cared for you, why would you be going through this sickness? If God cared for you, why would the light bill be due and you've got no money to pay it? He don't talk that way to you, I'm coming to your house. He talks to every one of us, you'll be honest. Every one of us, he'll come and try to tell us, God don't love you. God don't care. If God cared for you, you'd be on fire like brother so-and-so. Or you'd be on fire like sister so-and-so. But you've got to understand there's seasons of revival. You just may be in your fall. You just may be in your winter. But remember, there'll be another spring. Amen. If we can only realize this morning just how important you are to God. You say me, little old me, yes. Prophet said God passed over millions to bring this word to you. That'll make you shout. Jeremiah 29 11, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. 
God says, when I think of you, saith the Lord, I have thoughts of peace and not of evil. First of all, isn't it wonderful that he even thinks about me? I'm talking about the one who hung the moon. I'm talking about the one that created the stars. I'm talking about the one who created billions upon trillions of stars. And he's so great, he knows every star by name. And he thinks of me. He thinks of you. I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. There's a place I have in my mind. Brother Terry, I go to it. You get so tired sometimes traveling, just trying to make airports and all and all that goes with it. And sometimes I get so tired that I have a place in my mind. It's a waterfall that I just go sit beside just for a few minutes. A peaceful place to get away from the world and the, the, the security screens and all, watching everybody to see what they're going to do because the world's gone crazy. There's a place that we can go that I get in my mind, just a peaceful waterfall that I sit beside just for a few minutes. It's a peaceful thought, a peaceful place. And God said, when I think of you, I think of peace. Not a place of turmoil, not a place of hate, not a place of judgment, not a place of wrath. But I think a place of peace. To give you an expected end, to bring you to the place that God knows you're coming to. Because God knows the end of every one of us. And he's working on us. He's moving us towards that goal to bring us to the expected end. If we can only realize how much God's attention is paid to you. If we can only realize how mindful God is of you. If you can only realize this morning how close God really is to you. He's right beside you. You know, one day I think what a surprise it'll be when we realize how many times God passed right through our service. Amen. And perhaps we didn't recognize it. You remember when Brother Bram was having that prayer line down in Jonesboro, Arkansas, eight days and nights on the platform, and they brought a woman in an ambulance that was dead, and he slipped out to pray for her? And all these people was outside trying to get into the church to be prayed for? And they brought the prophet out and put him up in the ambulance and he prayed for the woman. God gave the life back to the woman. She raised up. Her husband hugged her. The prophet climbed out of the ambulance. They said, Brother Ben, we'll never get you back in the way we come. We've got to go around this way. And here he was passing through the multitudes of the people that was out there trying to get in to have him pray for them. And he walked right among them. Excuse me, sir. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get through. And they didn't either. Would you move? I'm trying to get in to see that man. And the man they was trying to see was passing right through them right that moment. And we come to see Jesus. I wonder how many times has he passed right by your pew. But because of your problem, because of your trouble, because your mind was wandering somewhere, you missed him. You see, God is as close to you as your faith can declare him to be. 
And Satan's tactic, one that he's very good at, is to try to tell you that God don't love you. He uses it on all of us. Preachers, evangelists, pastors, prophets, mama, daddy, brother, sister, Sunday school teacher. He even used it on Brother Branham. Brother Branham said he couldn't tell me that there wasn't no God because I seen him. So what Satan was to come to me and said, yeah, there's a God, but he don't love you. He don't care for you. Your daddy's dead, your brother's dead, your wife's dead, now your baby's dying. He don't care for you. And after you, all that you've done for him, and all the meetings, and all the praying, and all that you went through, and yet he would bring this to your family, he don't love you. Trying to get you to believe that God don't care, or you wouldn't be having this trial. God don't care for you, or you wouldn't be having this difficulty. God's not interested in you, nor not important to God. But I tell you this morning, God has given us a golden nugget. That you can pull out this nugget and bust the devil upside the head. The prophet said, remember, he's called you for this. And there is nothing that will keep it from happening. If God has ordained us for a rapture, there is nothing that will stop us from rapturing. There's not enough devils in torment, but what God's word will be manifested in your life. You are born for a purpose and nobody can take your place. You might have impersonators and everything else, but they'll never take your place. God's word will triumph. It cannot fail. That's where every Christian ought to stand, knowing that trials will come up and seem every way to you. And the devil will make sure that it seems every way to you. But remember, God has a purpose, and it will all work out right. For the Bible says all things. How many? All. How many? All. That's good and bad. Is that not true? Well, I got an extra thousand dollars in my paycheck. Praise God. That's the mountain. The next morning, the transmission falls out in the yard. That's the valley. <laughs> but nothing can stop. It's for the good and the bad. All things work to the good. The transmission in the yard. And the thousand dollars extra in the paycheck. It's all for the good of God's glory. To bring us to the expected end that he had of us. Before there was a world. Oh God. I wish I could preach it the way I feel it this morning. Nobody can take your place. No matter how you show Brother Dow. I'm nothing but a little housewife. But listen. Nobody can take your place. God in his great economy sets you just exactly in the body of the place he wanted you to be. There's no one, there is no one who can take your place. If you're a housewife, God sets you in the body to be a housewife. We cannot function without you. A godly housewife, dusting, vacuuming, washing windows, praying for God's people. Singing gospel songs, creating an atmosphere. 
Elijah, look at him. He laid down some grass under a juniper tree to sleep. He was tired. He was nervous. The prophet said, I imagine there was 10,000 angels watching him sleep. There's one assurance that the believer has. Though the world's turned, turned him down, yet God loves him. The world may call you a holy roller. That's a compliment to me. I'd rather be a holy roller than a dead stick. Well, Brother Darrell, I'm just not emotional. That's simply not true. Humans have emotions. And you hit your big toe going to bed, you'll know how much emotions you got. It's true, friends. Don't look at your nose that telling you the truth. There ain't nobody goes to bed and rips their toenail completely off their big toe and say, My goodness. Would you look at that? I think, I, I think it is. It's completely gone. Look at the blood squirting. No, no you, you'll kiss it if you can get it in your mouth. Come on, somebody. You know I'm telling you the truth. We can be just as happy in our worship to God as they are down there at UT when Tennessee's losing. Tennessee can be losing 36 to nothing and they're still screaming. Let me tell you, we're not losing, we're winning. Oh, glory to God. We've got something to scream about. We've got something to shout about. Oh, I wish I was 18. The world may call you a holy roller. They may call you a fanatic. But if you're true to God, there's one thing sure. God loves you. And his angels is encamped about those who fear them. If our eyes could come open this morning, all through this building is angels right now. They're not sitting out there in the car waiting for you to come back. They're right here with you now. God has angels in capital. If our eyes could come open, we could see them walking up and down. And as you believe the word and receive the word, they'll touch you and confirm that word to you. Another thing, another thing Satan tries to bring against us. He tries to tell us, this is a good one right here. He tries to tell us that God don't hear you when you pray. So let's just, I've got a nugget for that. So when the devil tries to tell you, God don't hear your prayer, just remind him of your golden nugget. Does God hear our prayer? You see, you watch people. My wife tells me all the time, you're going to get your nose busted. I love to watch people. My God, you can see some things. But you watch about five or six people being in a circle. And somebody starts to say something. And somebody else just overruns them. Starts talking. <laughs> Don't say amen to that now. <laughs> you know I'm telling you the truth. And as soon as that person thinks 
that nobody listens to them. They just quit talking. He <laughs> said, brother, you okay? Yeah, yeah. No, their feelings are hurt because they thought nobody wanted to hear what they had to say. So if Satan can convince us that God don't hear us, then we'll get the attitude, what's the use to pray? So if he can convince you that God does not hear your prayer, you won't pray as much. So does God hear our prayer? Let's prospect this out of the message and find us some nuggets. Nuggets we need to hold dear to us. Nuggets we need to use. The prophet said the first thing I, that I say I see, I see to the woman, she's got sinus trouble. It's bothering her. It's exactly right. It's a headache like a cross through here. Sinus, it bothers her. And I see you kneeling. I see you praying. It's in a room. I hear what you're saying. Now the only way he could have ever heard that is for God to have heard it. You're asking a worthy thing. You're asking God to give you a child, a baby. You're barren and you're asking God to give you a baby. That's right. God bless you. I've never seen him fail one yet. A woman in Chicago, 57 year old, come and ask for a baby. She's got a fine boy. May God grant it to you. It seems to me like I see swamps or something. I don't know whether it's this country. It's a lot of cedar. Look like swamps. Willow. It's kind of passing. It looks like Arkansas to me. Was you ever in Arkansas? It seems to me like it's, it is Arkansas. It's Jonesburg, Arkansas. The blessed old Bible, our tabernacle. So God don't even, he, God just only know, he just don't only know where you live. He actually knows what church you go to. <laughs> I'll let that pass. That was a good one right there. I'll just let that go on. <laughs> Amen. Woo. Thank you, Lord. That's good. Amen. It's the blessed old Bible air tabernacle. That's where you're from. You're down here. You're trying to con. There's somebody else in here that's trying to make a contact. It's an aged woman that's, stand, that's standing, and, and you're from a rolling country, maybe Missouri, and that's your mother. Here he goes. There she sits right there. She's got hardened of the arteries. That's right. Exactly the truth. Amen. Go believe in him. May the God of heaven give you the desire of your heart, my sister, through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Here's another one. Now, to me, it just looks real light, but I see you moving from me. And you're praying also for an arthritis. And you're praying for your husband. He has the same thing. That's exactly right. There's something still in your prayer list. So God knows you've got a prayer list. Amen. There's something still in your prayer list that you're praying for. And you have been for a long time. God knows how long you pray. Well, I prayed it didn't happen. Just keep praying. God hears your prayer. You've been praying for a long time. I see you kneeling. You're offering prayer. I see two men rise up. And they're both shadows as sinners. It's your brothers, and you're praying for their salvation. That's thus saith the Lord. Can you believe now that his presence is here? God bless you. Go, my sister, and God deliver you from everything that you have need of being delivered. God bless you, I pray. That was in the message, God's eyes.
He's got good eyes. Amen. Sister, you just bowed your head. Oh, I like these right here. Sister, you just bowed your head and said, Lord, have mercy on me. That's sitting there with nerve trouble, sitting right there. Yes, he heard you. Brother Wes, that gives me such confidence. I can't pray like Brother Terry. I can't pray like Brother Paul prayed this morning. I can't pray like Brother West, Brother Donnie, some of these other brothers. You hear them pray and you say, my goodness, if I could pray like that. But when you look at this, it's not just how great the, the words are, the these and the thous and the thereas. That's not what it is. This woman, all she said was, Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, God. I tell you right now, I can pray that kind of prayer. You sat there, you said, Lord, have mercy on me. He heard you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, here's another one. Is this all right? Here's another one. Dad, sitting there with your hand down, praying right at the end of the row there. Yeah, he heard you. You were praying. I heard your prayer. They saw brother there. Oh, that's not so great about that. A man sitting right here, brother Wiss was praying. I could hear what he was praying. So what's so great about that? So the prophet, the man sitting on the end, he called the man out and said, you praying there with your hand down? I heard your prayer. What's so great about that? Well, let me finish it. Yeah, he heard you. You were praying. I heard your prayer. You were silently praying. It's not screaming to the neighbors, hear ya? It's not getting in the closet and crying out till you pull every jeans off the hangers. But in your car, you can silently pray at work. You can pray walking down the street. And God, oh hallelujah, God hears your prayer. He was silently praying. He let me know your prayer. You said, Lord, let him call me next. Let, it, let this time be my time. Yeah, you've had a nervous breakdown, haven't you? That's right. You're not from this country. You're from Michigan. All right, you can return home well. Your breakdown's over. Your faith has made you well. Sitting right there next to you. There. She's praying. Look at here. He heard you. You touched him. Don't know you, but he does. I'll tell you what she's praying about. You believe with all your heart, you've got gallbladder trouble. You were praying. He heard you. I want to talk to you again just for a moment. You have nervous condition. That's right, stomach trouble. You're nervous. It's causing your stomach, and you're a person that does a lot of worrying. Well, look, you get really nervous sometimes, don't you? Here's some of the time ago, you were washing dishes, you almost dropped the dish, remember that? And then you were praying by the side when, when you heard that I was being here, you asked God if you could get in the line, you believed you'd get healed, is that right? You said to him, by the side of that, is that right? Now, do you believe that? No one in the world could hear that prayer but God alone. Then you can have what you asked for. Oh, God. That make you want to pray right now. We could say close right now. Just start praying. Amen. 
Amen. Believe it thou with all thy heart, you're strangers to each other, but God knows us both, doesn't he? You think he make you well without a neuritis, sir? You do? You were praying, Lord Jesus? You were praying, Lord Jesus, let me be healed tonight. Have that man turn to me and I will believe. That's right. Raise your hand, see? That's right. I'm not reading your mind, but I hear your prayer in prayer land. I hear your prayer in prayer land. God in his economy somewhere has a land that all of our prayers go to. God has a land where all of our prayers go to. How many of you got up there? <laughs> Excuse me. Listen to this. Listen to this. You haven't served God. I could see that. You had a desire to, but you haven't done it. So not only God hears your prayer, he sees your desire. You haven't been serving God. You've got a desire to, but you haven't done it. Would you serve him from now on? You promise that? No way I'd know that. Only through God. I see you trying. You've even prayed before. Come here. You've even prayed before you come here. Trying to find favor, didn't you? God. You think God don't know? He knows. You even prayed before you come here. Trying to find favor, didn't you? You were kneeling by the side of a chair recently. There's a little table sitting on the right-hand side. You were praying, is that right? Trying to find favor. No one knows that but God and I and you. Then I ask you, my brother, my sister, does God hear our prayers? Then when Satan comes and tells you there ain't no use to pray, God ain't going to hear you. God don't listen to you. You can pull out these nuggets and you say, God, even if I just say, God, have mercy on me, God hears that prayer. If I just, oh God, if I just have a desire to come to God, God sees that desire. Oh, we ought to pray more this week. And let's hold that tight to us this morning. No matter how small or how unimportant our prayer may seem to be, God hears us. And not only does he hear us, but he sees us when we pray. And there is a land that our prayers go to called prayer land. <laughs> well, I told you this was for somebody. Maybe it's just for one, but... Let's look at another nugget, just for a few more minutes. A nugget of a predestinated church. You know, the whole time I was out traveling in the world and all the things that I'd done, I'd be ashamed for you to know that I'd done it. All the times when I was in the army running around and all those years, as I said last night, that I was an idiot running up and down the roads and not one time in all those years, Brother West, did the devil ever tell me I was lost. The only time the devil ever come and told me that I was lost was after I started serving the Lord. 
I told him one day, Big boy, you never told me that when I was running up and down the road. Why are you telling me that now? I'll tell you why he's telling you that. He's trying to lie to you. Jesus defeated Satan upon the faith of knowing who he was. Jesus was, this is a quote, Jesus was a predestinated creature. Are you ready? Then what about the predestinated bride of Jesus Christ? How will we defeat Satan? We will defeat him by knowing who we are. seed of God. I am a son of God, predestinated by God. God wrote my name down in his book before there was ever a world. Do you believe the bride is predestinated? The predestinated bride of Christ, the church, the word seed, with everything that God promised to put in the church is in it right now. Well, I'm waiting on, I'll tell you what you're waiting on, nothing. <laughs> everything the elected, everything the predestinated bride of Jesus Christ needs is in her right now. Amen. Oh, God. Amen. Amen. It's in it now. Everything's in order. The Holy Spirit's been given. The seed's been sown. The evening lights have been sighted. The sign of Sodom that Jesus promised is here. Malachi 4. A predestinated church. Oh, devil, you better watch out. This is not a creed. This is not an organization. We are not a cult. We are not a denomination. We are the body of the Lord Jesus represented on the earth. An elected, predestinated, foreordained, foreknown by God. And he said, no man, no man can pluck them out of my hand. How will we defeat Satan in the revelation of being a predestinated creature? The same word speaks for the groom, speaks also for the bride. So if the groom is a predestinated creature, his bride, who is bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, spirit of his spirit, life of his life, she is him expressed, she will also be a predestinated creature. Church of the living God here, and on take two, do you know where you stand? Do you know where you stand? Do you know that you are called of God? That the Holy Ghost reigns in your heart and every word of God is real to you? Oh, brother, how is Satan going to stand against that? How is he going to ever stop that from growing? How's he going to keep the signs and wonders from following the believer? Well, they throw him in jail. They rotted in jail, but they never gave up the faith. He fed them to lives. They kept preaching. He saw them asunder. He burned them to pieces. But he could not kill that church. He tried his best to stop that church. He tried his best to kill that church. But he could not do it. And once again, when that church has been restored back upon the earth, and we return to the power of Pentecost to welcome back our Lord Jesus Christ, Satan cannot stop this move. Let the defectors defect. Let them post what they want to post. They will never, they will never stop this bride. Yeah. 
Amen. He promised Malachi 4. He'd send him in the last days. What he promised, we see it's right here, right now. He said, do you love him? Sure. Right here in the last days, they predestinated church, knowing where they're standing, sowed with the seed of the Holy Spirit in the church. Amen. What did Satan do when he met Jesus? The prophet said he flew into him with all of his ecclesiastical force that he had. I know the word also, Satan said. He can quote the word. And he flew into Jesus with all the ecclesiastical force that he had. All the denominational dust that he had. He just tried to throw it right on him. But Satan, he had words. Oh, God. Oh, I love this right here. He had words, but he did not have life. Words without life is dead letter. You can know the Bible forwards and backwards and still not know Jesus. To know the Bible's not life, but to know him, he is life. He flew on him, but he didn't have any life. Did he ever fly off? He come off a lot quicker than he flew on. He hit him with that hundred billion volt wire and he singed his feathers. He come off of him real quick. Because that wire had a vote in it. Oh, hallelujah. He jumped on Jesus. He didn't realize he wasn't just jumping on a man. He was jumping on deity manifested in the flesh. James said, resist the devil. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will stay. He will flee from you. And that word resist means withstand. Withstand with the force. To withstand the force or the effect. To resist means to withstand the force or the effect of what Satan's trying to place upon you. Resist him and he will flee from you. Amen. Remember, Satan's got a wire too. But no matter how nice this copper wire is, it hasn't got no life in it. It's dead. Same wire. He uses the same word. Oh, God. Do you see what I'm saying? He uses the same word. But it's got no life in it. Did not he tell Jesus if it's written, if it's written, if it's written? He quoted the scriptures to the man who wrote it. He's got a nice copper wire, but it ain't got no juice behind it. But this wire I'm talking about, it's energized with the Holy Spirit. It's the domino, hallelujah, the power of the Almighty God backing up his church. But Satan's wire has no life at all. You know, here a few years ago down in Kentucky, I hunted with a muzzleloader, single shot muzzleloader. I hunted all week long. Sunrise to sunset, sitting in a tree stand. <laughs> I need to think about that more often. <laughs> I hunted all week, and at the end of a week's hunt, you brothers know you always discharge your gun so it's, you don't put it up loaded. I went to discharge my gun, and after hunting a whole week, how surprised I was to find out it wasn't even loaded. <laughs> That's why when people ask me, do you hunt? I say, no, I just show up in camouflage. Right. <laughs> Your brothers laugh at me, you'll do it this year. But for a whole week, if the biggest deer in Kentucky come through, I'd have to throw the gun at it. 
I'll tell you that to tell the health. Is that not funny? That's exactly the devil. He's got a muzzle loader, but he ain't got no But it will work in a predestinated vessel. The word will work in a predestinated vessel where it's connected. Amen. It'll produce the same power every time. Amen. Do you love him? Do you serve him? Not hooked to some ecclesiastical, some denominational, some dead socket. But we're plugged into life. Can I look at one more nugget? We'll close. The nugget of healing. Now I was telling Brother J.D. in the study a while ago. You can ask any person in this building, is God a healer? And everybody in this building will raise their hand and say, yes, God is a healer. Is that true? So Satan doesn't come and try to tell us that God's not a healer. So what Satan tries to come and tell us is, yeah, God's a healer, but he won't heal you. And he'll try to bring this God's will. Well, if it's God's will for you to be healed. You see, that word, that, that word is so little, but it is so powerful. That little word, if. That's what he used on Jesus. If thou be, if thou be. He never said the word was wrong. He was just trying to convince Jesus that the word wasn't talking about him. The same thing he tries to do you. Or sometimes he'll come and tell you. He won't come and tell you that the word's wrong. But he'll try to tell you that word is not speaking of you. But the Bible says in James, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And if that revelation strikes you, that's who you are. When you pray, something's got to happen. Because God's word does not lie. So the snugget we want to look at is God's will to heal. God's will to heal you. You see, the first step towards being healed is to have the understanding that it's God's will to heal you. As long as that if is there, there's doubt. And where there's doubt, he'll never come to the door as we looked at last night. So a sick person must be convinced by the word of God that your healing is the will of God. It is impossible to have real faith for healing as long as there's the slightest doubt as to it being God's will. Are you listening to me this morning? You see, it's the attitude is what brings the results. Yes, I believe it, but I don't know. Yes, I believe God heals, but I don't know if he'll. That's the wrong attitude. The right attitude is to receive it and say, it's thus saith the Lord. Then that's the right attitude. 
Well, Brother Darrell, I'm still sick. I've still got pain. That's got nothing to do with it. I'm not healed because I'm pain free. Listen to me. I'm not healed because I'm pain free. People can be eat up with cancer and never have one pain. That's right. So pain free is not the evidence of healing. The evidence of healing is you're allowed. That's the evidence. It is a finished work. You see, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith must rest upon the will of God alone and not on wishes or on desires. Matthew 8, 16 says, when the eve was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all. How many? He healed all that were sick. So in this particular meeting, healing was for everybody. That it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. The prophet said himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. He bore our sickness. Healing for all. It's all through the scriptures. You want to write them down, look at them when you get home. Luke 4.40, Matthew 12.15, Matthew 4.24. Are all scriptures pertaining to God healing all? Well, it's getting quieter and quieter. Now when the sun was setting all day that had any sick, with divers diseases brought them unto him and he laid his hands on them and healed them. Amen. Matthew 12, 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself thence and the great multitude followed him and he healed them all. <laughs> That's just a few. But just to show you, Psalms 107 verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, the good news of redemption. Because redemption is two parts. Not only is it for the salvation of the soul, but it's for the healing of the body. Christ paid for both on Calvary. Without a doubt, if he's able to save your soul, he's certainly able to heal your body. And if he can heal your body, he's certainly able to save your soul. I prayed for many a sinner that was sick, that come up because they were sick, or asked me to pray for them. And I asked God, Lord, touch them and let them see that if you're able to heal them, you're able to save them. Amen. You see, i got to hurry. God has seven redemptive names. These seven names are never used in the scriptures except in dealing with man. The seven compound names of Jehovah. All 
deals with God and man. Seven is perfection. He is a perfect Savior. Save your soul, save your body. His redemption covers the whole scope of human need. Amen. He can take care of oppression the same way he can take care of a gallbladder, the same way he can take care of leukemia, the same way he can take care of cancer, the same way he can raise the dead, the same way he can create eyes. I remember one time I was in Arkansas, Brother David Morris's church. I had a prayer line down there that night, and a sister came up. She said, Brother Darrell, I need a car. I said, would you pray that God would give me a car so I could come to church? I thought, what an honorable request. She didn't want a car running down the road. She wanted a car to come to church. I said, is that what you're doing? She said, that's what I desire, Brother Darrell. I just want a car that I can come to church. And I said, what color do you want? You ought to see the look on their face. <laughs> but Brother West, the way I looked at it, if I'm going to ask God for a car, Brother Skip, I might as well get the color I want. Why get a gray one when you can have blue? <laughs> well, you're crazy. Well, I'm happy. Leave me alone. I, but I believe we can ask God for big things because he's a big God. And he cares for us and he loves us and he elected us he predestinated us all those seven names were completely brought together in the body of Christ Jesus then it has to be God's will for you to have victory peace healing provision why 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 should I have victory? Why should I have peace? Why should I have healing? Why should I have assurance, blessed assurance? Why should I have these things? Why did God give me these things in my war chest? These precious golden nuggets. The prophet said God wanted you to have it. He gave us the love gift of Christ. And we're in Christ. And Christ is in us. God gave us these things because he wanted us to have them. But I don't know about you, but I believe I'll just take my gift basket. <laughs> Amen. If God give me these things, I think I'll just take them. Are you going to argue with God? No. Are you going to try to tell him you're not worthy of it? He gave this. He, he gave Christ. Oh Brother Harry come. Brothers come. He gave us Jesus Christ. When he gave us Christ, God gave us his very heart. Jesus Christ is the very heart of God. It's blessed from the earth. And God gave us these things, Brother Terry. Because he loved me. Then how can I show my love to him? By receiving him. With a sincere heart. With an appreciative heart. And to thank him for 
these blessings to thank him for these golden nuggets that we can put in our chest. I say to you this morning, what a mighty God we serve. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he cares for us. You know, he cared so much for the children of Israel. He did not even want their shoes to get muddy. He split the Red Sea and he dried up the ground. But he only dried it up enough for them to get over. Pharaoh's chariots sunk up in the mud. So God must have thought, now who's the heaviest person in camp? And I'll dry it up enough for that person. Oh God. I'll dry it up enough for that person to get over. But not enough for Pharaoh's chariots. They will sink in the mud and I will drown them in the sea. For Israel is my son. And I say, thus saith the Lord, let my son go. And we can say today, Satan, take your hands off of God's property. The bride is my queen. She is my wife, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, spirit of my spirit, life of my life. Take your hands off my people. Do you love him today? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Heaven and earth adore Him. Angels bow down before Him. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Bless Sister Jenny. What a mighty God we serve Angels bow before Him Heaven and earth adore Him What a mighty God we serve What a mighty God we serve What a mighty God we serve Angels bow before 
Is our 
We've seen 
I can stay here all day in his presence. He just never, can you imagine? No wonder we're going to have to have a body change. Can you imagine when we all gather in at daddy's house? Oh my God. You're going to see a white boy shout. I tell you that right now. Amen. He's so wonderful. 
He's so mindful of us. The little things that he does for us, friends. I remember one time I was discouraged. I was, over, I was just a young Christian. I was over at ETSU. I was trying to serve the Lord. I, I'd been there a semester before as a renegade. And I went back as a Christian. And the ones that still knew me as a renegade didn't understand what happened to me. And I kind of got down a little bit. And I was, I'll never forget, I was walking through the campus of ETSU. And I was crying. And I said, God, I said, how are we ever going to get out of here, Lord? I was just, you know, we'd be, you get down sometimes. I said, Lord, how are we ever going to get out of here? And I lifted up my head, and right in front of me was a tractor and trailer. I ain't talking about a car. I'm talking about a tractor and trailer and those little roads. And on the side of it was these big words, and it said grace. <laughs> Just the little things that he does for us. Oh, God. We all could take the rest of the day and talk about those. You know, these little Bibles, you see them sometimes. People leave them in bathrooms. Just a little old Bible. It's got some scriptures in it. And somebody must have put one on my windshield in the rain and the wind or whatever. Blew everything off but one piece of paper. Still stuck under the, wind, the, the windshield wiper. And I picked up the wiper, took that scripture off. And it was the exact scripture I was going to preach on that evening. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't he wonderful? Praise God. Amen. We thank God for the healings that all that he's done for us. And those of you prayed for, just go believe and just go thanking him. Make sure you let, let the people know that God done it for you. Brother Robert Fisher from Poland just preached from there a few weeks ago. He sent his greetings this morning from Poland to you all. So he loves, he streams the services here, loves you all and wanted to say hello. So. Wanted to do that. Those folks up in Edmonton, we was just up there last week, had a wonderful time in the Lord up there. And man, those Canadians can get happy, I'm telling you, my. And uh, we just had a wonderful time. And some of the sisters up there said, uh, said I know, we know everybody at Happy Valley. We know everybody. They said. So we stream, we see all the faces. We, they don't know us, but we know them. So tell them hello. So from the ladies in Edmonton who knows you, but you don't know them, they say hello. And, and what a wonderful thing it is. Amen. The family of God. May the Lord richly bless you. Is all hearts clear this morning? Yes, sir. Amen. Let's just bow our heads and thank you for being so attentive today. May the Lord Jesus bless you. You know, friends, if we could just make a difference in one person's life, our time on the earth has not been in vain. We may never touch the world, but if you can just touch that one and let them know that Jesus loves them. Your life has not been in vain. When we leave today and go out and this week at work or wherever we go, let's be Jesus. Let the world see Jesus in you. Heavenly Father, Lord, these little nuggets today, just things laying in the message, Lord. But oh, how it touches my heart. And Lord, I'm thankful for every one of them, but God, that little nugget of prayer, Lord, it just means so much to me, God. Because, Lord, that's the way I feel sometimes. I don't know fancy words to say, Lord. I, I don't even know how to pray sometimes. God, you know, 
I've gone out into the woods and just said the ABC, the alphabet, because I figured you could take the letters and put the words together. But God, how it does my heart to know that whether I pray in Lord long or short, whether I say a bunch of words or just the alphabet, you hear me, Lord. You see where I was kneeling. You see where I was standing. You see the red line I was setting at when I was praying for that person. You're an awesome God. And how we love you today, Lord. And God, there's many needs among us, Father, but there's not a need here greater than you. And Lord, once again, I call Sister Wilma's name, Lord, before you. Have mercy upon my dear sister, God, today, I pray. Lord, Sister Gray up there in Canada, God. Lord, the Burns boy, God, different ones, Father. Will you just move, Lord? That they would have a great testimony of the Almighty God. And Father, as we go today, people traveling different places, watch over us, Lord. Knowing the highways and the byways, people's minds are so occupied, they don't pay attention, God. But watch over our vehicles. Take us safely home, we pray. Father, bless Brother Donnie and those over in South Carolina and those down at Brother David's that was there for the fall festival making their way home today. Or God, be with each of them, we pray. Little bride around the world, Lord. Some of them getting ready to have their services. Some of them already had them. Be with them today, Lord, we pray. We just love you, Lord. We're just so grateful in our hearts, God. And Lord, I guess I've told you 10,000 times. But Lord, I want to thank you once again for coming to me in that old barn down in Jonesboro and changing my life. Thank you, Lord. We commit these people into your hands now for your glory. May we go in the fear of the Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Sing us something, buddy. Amen. Do you love Aren't you so glad the prospector brought us some nuggets of gold this morning? Amen. Let's sing this as we go. The devil comes to you, just tell him, Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, Get thee behind. Victory today.